Why are we still optimistic about this Michigan State basketball team despite the success in recent history not being too great? And then a little bit of football for you in the middle. We talk Chimney Ono, Philip Davis, the signing day coming up on Wednesday. And then at the end, hey, happy birthday, Tom Izzo. A little tribute to him at the end of the episode. I'm sure he won't miss it. Hey, make sure you don't either. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show and starting your day with us here at the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and I will be guiding you through a basketball, football, basketball sandwich here today. That's where we're going to be doing hoops in segment one, football in segment two, and then rounding things out with talking Tom Izzo in segment three because, hey, he's a birthday boy. But before getting to any of that... That's right, gang. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. All right, so last week, in three straight episodes, we talked about why we think that Michigan State can still make a deep run in March. Of course, it's not unheard of around these parts. Tom Izzo has only done it eight times, getting himself to a Final Four. And that was... Three episodes after Michigan State lost to Indiana. Um, Odd timing, I will admit. Very odd timing for me to get on a soapbox and talk, hey, don't lose faith. This could still be a fun march. But there were some people that reached out, whether it be the YouTube comments or email, that were kind of like, just what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you talking like this, man? Um, This is not that great of a season. Michigan State is in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. It's not going well. And no one wrote an email more eloquently than, well, ironically enough, his name as well is Matthew. So this is going to be our email we're going to respond with to, you know, all the arguments that we've made of why this team can make a deep Final Four run. And really quick, I won't go through it all, you know, in detail, but one of the best backcourts in the nation. Maybe we lost a little bit of stock on that in the last few games, but... Hey, when Hogard and Walker are clicking, they're amazing. Uh, you can deploy that lineup with A.J. Hogard, surround him with four three-point shooters. you got veteran leadership. You have great perimeter defense. And also, hey, Villanova just went to the Final Four last year playing a six-man rotation. Who's to say Michigan State can't do the same? So that was kind of the points that we wanted to make out there. And then Matthew writes in this email. It's a little long. We'll go back to it and address it point by point. But he says, Loved the pod. Oh, God, love the pod. Hope he's not done listening forever. But regardless, love the pod, but I'm just trying to understand the optimism around the basketball program in this year's team. We've made it to the Sweet 16 once since 2015. 2019 was great, but we can't have one run in eight years for a program like MSU. Spare me the 2020 takes. They could have lost in the first round just like 2016 or went to a Final Four. We'll never know. So the tournament success hasn't been there. Yes, we have won three Big Ten titles since 2015, which is great, but haven't competed for a Big Ten title in three years now. All our hope is on next year's recruiting class, so I hope they can live up to the hype. As nice as Hauser and Hogarth are as players, they didn't win anything, so I'm not sure why they are so. I'm sorry, why they are so loved. So there you have it. I mean, I think that's a lot of great points by Matthew and a lot of other listeners and viewers have chimed in with the same remarks, and a lot of them aren't even opinions, really. Like, there's just patent facts, kind of like just what Matthew laid out there. I mean, one Sweet 16 run since 2015. Yes, 
you had the trio of Big Ten titles, but not not anywhere remotely close to a title since Cash's last season. So let's just go back step by step, and we'll address the points. I'll disagree with some, I'll agree with others, and kind of maybe leave some just an open-ended conversation. So he starts it, we've made it to the Sweet 16 once since 2015. 2019 was great, but we can't have one run in eight years for a program like MSU. Hard agree there. There's definitely a faction of the fan base that is not thrilled with the last three years and calling other people, not not weak fans, but watered-down fans. Like, your expectations have been lost in the last three years, and maybe I'm a prisoner of that. Um, but hey, you know, I digress. Let's move forward. Spare me the 2020, sorry, the 2020 takes they could have lost in the first round, just like 2016 or went to a final four. So we'll never know. And that is you know, a fact. Like we will never know. It is the greatest. What if in Michigan state basketball history, the team was rolling at the end of the season. And look, if they go to a final four, if they win the national title, or heck, even just make it to a Sweet 16, maybe. You know, emails like this aren't sent as high of a volume as they are. But then again, okay, you'll lose in the first round. you lose in the second round. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, the fan base is a little more irritated than they already are right now. But just to lend some uh, stats, I guess, some context. Let's say Michigan State was a two-seed in that tournament in 2020. Nine times a two-seed has lost to a 15-seed. Don't need to remind you that Michigan State was one of those nine teams, but 39 times a two-seed has made it to the Final Four. So it is way more likely for a two-seed to go to the Final Four than it is to lose in the first weekend. And also there were some bracketologies, you know, the, hey, this is what the tournament would have looked like if Selection Sunday happened. There were some that had Michigan State as a three-seed for that tournament in 2020. Um, 22 times. A 14 seed has beaten a three seed, but only 19 times has a three seed gone to the final four. So it's actually more likely if you're a three seed, stats say, or history says, that you lose in the first round more likely you do than go to the final four. So let's go to the second point here. Uh, yes, we have won three Big Ten titles since 2015, which is great, but haven't competed for a Big Ten title in three years now. When it comes to making a deep run in March, that is actually pretty indicative of what Michigan State can do because, hey, Tom Izzo, he's been to eight Final Fours. In six of those years, Michigan State has won the regular season Big Ten title. So, yes, it is more common for Michigan State to win the Big Ten regular season, storm off to the Final Four, than it is to have an underwhelming year, let's say. And then, hey, out of nowhere, go to a Final Four. And really, there's been only one instance of that. When it has been kind of an underwhelming year, you do finish in the middle pack of the Big Ten. And that was 2015. Uh, but then again, hey, let me hear you. 2015 did have the group of Trice, Dawson, Forbes, Costello, Valentine. Five guys that were either seniors or juniors. And the other time that they did not win the Big Ten regular season title but went to a Final Four was in 2005. But, hey, second place in the Big Ten, so it wasn't any bad season or underwhelming season. Still a solid season, but in that Final Four run, six of the top seven players were juniors or seniors. Right now, okay, this is kind of where I go with the veteran leadership here that Hogard, Hauser, Walker, and Hall, that's four guys that can possibly put a team on their shoulders. So, yes, while it is, you know, more likely that yeah, Tom Izzo can go to a Final Four after a Big Ten title. I mean, the, the, the pieces are there. That, that's why I keep saying, like, I can see it happening. 
Again, we're going to have to wait for Selection Sunday in a few weeks from now when I really pencil in Michigan State to an Elite Eight or a Final Four or something like that. But that's what I have for that one. And he also writes in, that's right, all our hope is on next year's recruiting class, so I hope they can live up to the hype. Now it's my turn. Now it's my turn to be the bucket of cold water here on this conversation because a lot of people are saying this. Heck, I've said it. I'm excited about next year. I'm thrilled about next season. And, yeah, it sucks that that's what we have to rely on, just, woo, next year. But I do want to lend caution to putting the hype in the freshmen. I'm optimistic of next year because of just the guys returning. If you get Malik Hall back, A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker, if he comes back, maybe even Joey Hauser, who, little known fact, actually can come back next year. We'll see if he does want to come back for a 13th year of college, but I digress. You also get Aikens coming back. Kohler's another year older. Trayvon Holland is another year old. Like, for me, it's the 2.0 version of this team. Because I don't know how much of an impact these freshmen are going to have. Let's just look at the top five classes in the recruiting rankings for last year and see how I'm doing this year. Duke? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> they had, what was it, seven kids in the top 50 or something like that, and they are not having a good season. They are kind of where MSU is at right now. They're gunning for that 8-7 seed. Uh, Arkansas, they had the second best class last year. They're currently ninth in the SEC. Now, Alabama had the third best class, and actually, yeah, they're looking pretty good. Helps when you have a guy like Brandon Miller on your team. Kansas, look, they're doing fine. They had the fourth best recruiting class. Uh, they just snapped a three-game losing streak, but they're also captained by uh, junior Jalen Wilson. So you do need the upperclassmen to get some work done. And then Kentucky was the fifth-rated class last year. And, oh, my God, we all know how that's going so far. So, yes, I, I do agree with the, there's a lot of hope in next year's class and hoping that the recruiting class can live, uh, live up to the hype. But, look, Booker, I do have a little bit of pause on. I, I think he is a two-year guy. And I know that's crazy to say about a top-ten recruit. I think his rating is based on ceiling. And not on floor. Uh, Jeremy Fears, I think the world of. I think he's going to be an awesome player. Might not see the court a ton if he has to play behind Trayvon Holloman, A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker even. And then, look, Cohen Carr and Garrett Norman can impact, but at the end of the day, they're, they're true freshmen. So, at the end of the email, let's get to this really quick. As nice as uh, Hauser and Hogarth are as players, they don't win anything, so I'm not sure why they're so loved. That's where I... <laughs> that's where I... Jumped out of my chair at that email. I was like, well, hold, hold on. Hauser and Hogarth slander. Um, and that's true. Like, they haven't really won anything to their credit. And no, it's not like last year were any sterling years for these guys. But look, Joey has won one thing as a Spartan, and that is the battle against himself. Uh, last year, it was not going well. Very well documented how not well it was going. But then he, at the end of the year, you saw glimpses of the player he can be. No glimpse bigger than his game against Davidson when they needed him the most. He's had big games this year against Wisconsin, Indiana, and Kentucky. So, yeah, I, I know that, no, you know, they haven't won all Big Ten or anything like that or won a Big Ten title, but Joey Hauser is a different player than he was last year, just like A.J. Hogarth, uh, just more of the captain of this team. It has that dog attitude to uh, if I could talk, that dog attitude to him. Nailed it. 12 points, 6 assists, 80% from the line. He has improved as a player just mentally and physically. So there you have it. But again, on top of everything with Matt's email that he sends in, 
yeah, Michigan State is a little too reliant on long two-pointers. That could be an Achilles heel in March. Uh, their front court, oh yeah, that's right, that old thing, the center position, close to non-existent. So if you get a matchup against a team that has a good center, then, well, thanks for playing. We'll see ya. So there you have it. But no, thank you again, Matt, for sending that email. I thought that was really well written. Covered a lot of points that a lot of people have, and happy to address it because, well, hey, in this week off between games and what better time to argue that Michigan State can make a deep March run than, you know, just two days after getting slaughtered at Mackey Arena. So, yeah, of course, of course we're going to talk about it. So, there there we go. We're going to switch up to football here in a hot second. But first, you need to talk your ear off about fan duel sports. That's right, gang. We're talking, uh-oh, that's the wrong button there. We're talking about the number one sports book in America, that's right, and we got the most American event coming up, the Super Bowl, and this year the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, it's FanDuel, and if you're new to FanDuel, well that's even better, they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread, who will score a touchdown, some other great props going into the Super Bowl. And it's safe, secure, super easy to use, and best of all, you get paid instantly. You are not waiting around for days at a time with FanDuel. You get the cash in your pocket ASAP. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash lockdown to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Make every every moment matter more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And before diving into some football talk, hey, speaking of football, Lockdown is heading to the Senior Bowl. That's right, get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, so we got signing day coming up on Wednesday, and if you want more expansive coverage on this, Last week, we talked with uh, John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. He broke everything down. Excellent, because he's just the best in the business. But really quick, here's a small little primer. There are two players that are on the radar for Michigan State going into Wednesday signing day. And the first is the biggest name out there, Chimdi Ono. You may have heard us talking about him in episodes not too long ago, because this is a late riser. Uh, just recruiting-wise, uh, you might know his story. Old Dominion commit, absolutely blew up his senior year. Kind of figured out that uh, yeah, there are better things than Old Dominion. No disrespect to the Monarchs, but there are different you know options for me out there that are Power 5 football. And Michigan State, Penn State, and Ole Miss are the three teams that are hot in pursuit over Chimdi Ono, the four-star. Projects to be an offensive tackle, can play offensive guard, but tackle... Four-star offensive tackle out of Maryland. Now, what would this mean if Chimney Ono commits to Michigan State? Uh, Hey, obviously, good thing. Another four-star. You know, it's already a record-breaking season with most four-stars added in a class. Just keep racking that up. But specifically, for the offensive line room, what would this mean? Right now, Michigan State, with Cole Dellinger, Stanton Rommel, Keyshawn Blackstock, have three commits for next year's class that are rated inside the top 500 players per the 24-7 sports composite. 
That's right, the composite they take ratings from, well, 24-7 Sports, On3, ESPN, Rivals, of course, and they boil it all together to see what the consensus composite is. All three Michigan State's offensive linemen committed for 2023 are in the top 500. There are only 13 schools in the country that can say that they have three offensive linemen all rated in the top 500. And if Chimdi Ono commits on Wednesday, if he picks the good guys, that's right, the team in green and white, Michigan State would just be one of four schools with four offensive linemen in the top 500 players. Ohio State also has four, and Notre Dame and Alabama each have five offensive linemen. All rated in the top 500, about time Alabama gets a break around here. Uh, good for them. That's awesome. But yes, this would be elite, elite company Michigan State would be in with their offensive line recruiting should Chimney Ono commit. Actually, let's go back and talk about that composite score as well. So they rate them all. Uh, let's say you're an 87. Okay, that's that's a three-star status. If you're a 90, that's four-star. 92, it's a four-star. If you're all the way up to like 97, that's five-star. So the, you know it's kind of like grades. The higher you are, the higher of a star you are going to be. Michigan State's average offensive lineman ranking would be 90-36. That's right, a .9036, and that's really, really, really good for your average amongst four offensive linemen to be scoring that. As a matter of fact, since 2016, Michigan State has gotten just two offensive linemen that are rated over that average of 90-36. Devontae Dobbs, in 2019, he was a mega recruit. Uh, no one has forgotten that. And then Kevin Jarvis as well in 2016, or 2017, he was in the 91 range. So this would be a, I mean, it's not hyperbole, a historic class for offensive linemen should Chimney Ono commit. I mean, it already is a really solid class even without him, but if he hops aboard, okay, Coach Cap, I uh, got to, hey, tip your cap to him. That pun was intended. Sorry, I understand if anyone just turned the podcast or YouTube show off after that one, but we move forward. Philip Davis is the other name uh, to look out for on Wednesday. Talked a lot about him with John Garcia last week. He is the six foot one defensive back from Florida. Late riser, of course. Uh, right now, he's got a lot of group of five offers. Toledo is the one that is hottest after him. But when the big boy like Michigan State comes in, us State fans can probably expect to land his commitment. Um, and, hey, why not? You know, diamond in the rough sort of kid. And Michigan State doesn't have a lot of scholarship allotment left on their little spreadsheet. Maybe, I think, only four spots left. Maybe five spots left. But And you can use those for spring transfers. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but I like using it on this kid that blew up kind of at the end of his senior year down in Florida. He had two interceptions in the state title game. He's a long, rangy kid. See if you can develop him. Just use one of those scholarships as a gamble in the second signing period and get that diamond in the rough. I do like that more, maybe, than using them on spring transfers because when you're transferring in the spring, it's probably because you know where you stand in the depth chart, so you're kind of shopping around for, well, other depth pieces. I don't think you're going to find a day one starter in spring transfer portal. And if you do, okay, then you're one of the lucky ones. But yeah, um, and Michigan State also got a lot of depth pieces with their early transfer portal window as well. So it looks like they're good on depth. I'm sure they will continue to use them in spring. But if you got one that you want to use on a kid that you feel good about gambling on okay yeah go throw it at philip davis and see if he wants to commit uh and other 
Football news as well. We're going to go down to Texas because Dave Warner has retired after two seasons down at UTEP. And that got me thinking, where are all of the other coaches from the 2019 staff after the famous rearranging of the deck chairs on the Titanic after that really underwhelming 2018 season? Didn't fire, not a single soul, and hey, let's just give everyone new name badges, new desk plates, and see where it falls. And it fell in the pinstripe bowl, another kind of underwhelming season. But yes, Dave Warner, after two seasons at UTEP, he is retired. He's the second of the ten coaches to be retired. Jim Bowman, he's also out of there as well. And by out of there, I mean out of the game of football. Uh, so just to fly around really quick, Mike Tressel, he's the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, followed Luke Fickle up there. Brad Salem, the old offensive coordinator, now doing tight ends coaching at Memphis. Chuck Bola, not an assistant coach, but at a good program. He's down at LSU, senior defensive an uh, analyst in Baton Rouge. Uh, Ron Burton, he is Miami of Ohio defensive line coach. Paul Haynes, Wisconsin secondary coach. Terrence Samuel, he was at Syracuse for a little bit. Now he's at Kansas, coaching wide receivers. And then last but not least, Mark Staten, Toledo offensive line coach. I'm sorry, no, there is one more. Don Treadwell, excuse me. Arkansas Pine Bluff interim head coach. Also the offensive coordinator. Not sure if that head coach title will stick in this offseason, but there you have it. So it's two retired guys, one guy's uh, an analyst, and then three are power five assistants. So yeah, I was just curious. You know, I, that's not meant to prove a point, although you could probably figure out that, okay, that means that the coaching staff maybe just wasn't that great to begin with if you only have three guys that are power five and well, one of them is at Kansas. Okay, I guess I can't slander Kansas too much. They at least made a bowl game this year. But you get my point. You get my point. Uh, yeah, so yeah, there you have it in case you were really wondering what Chuck Bullock was up to these days. We got you covered at Locked on Spartans. Now, we're going to end in a festive, festive, that's nice, a festive mood right here because on this Monday that we are recording, Tom Izzo, that's right, the icon, he turned 68 today. Happy birthday, Tom Izzo. And we are going to round up to 68 with a series of stats here. We're going to start with 24 straight tournaments. That's right. Michigan State, one of three teams to have a two-decade-plus run in March Madness with Kansas and Gonzaga just being the others. Michigan State is, of course, sandwiched between Gonzaga and Kansas. They had the second um, longest active streak in the country. So that's 24 right there. We're going to add eight onto that. Eight Final Fours, the most of any active head coach. Uh, Jim Beheim, right behind him. He's got five. So by right behind him, I mean you're still three away for the next closest guy. And then Rick Pitino, also five as well. And John Calipari, Bill Self, great coach in their regard. They just have four each. So you're going to have to add up Coach Cal and Bill Self, their final fours to equal what Tom Izzo has. So right now, okay, we're at 32. We're going to add 10 more onto that. That's 10 Big 10 regular season titles, more than every other active head coach in the Big 10 combined. All right, Matt Painter, Greg Gard, Juwan Howard, Brad Underwood combined, they have seven Big 10 regular season titles to their name. And also, if you didn't know that 10 was a pretty good number to begin with, just for one guy, 10 Big 10 titles is more than seven Big 10 programs have in their history. That's right, Nebraska, Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Northwestern, Minnesota, Iowa. None of them 
have 10 Big Ten regular season titles in their history. So, there you have it. We are at 42 now. We're going to add six more on top of that. That's Big Ten Tournament Championships. That's the most of any program. That's right. So now we are at 48. On top of that, we're going to add 16 more. All right. We are going to add 16 more. That is 16 McDonald's All-Americans recruited by Tom Izzo. It starts with Mateen Cleaves, Jason Richardson, Zach Randolph, Marcus Taylor, Kelvin Tolbert, one of my favorite as a kid growing up. Paul Davis, Keith Appling, Brandon Dawson, Gary Harris, Devontae Davis, Miles Bridges, Josh Lankford, Jaron Jackson, Max Christie, Jeremy Fears, and Xavier Booker. That is 16 Burger Boys brought into Michigan State by Tom Izzo. Now we are at 64. Okay. He's also one mean accordion player. That's right. If you've seen the Tom Izzo Christmas shows uh, down at Reno's, that's always a delight, seeing him uh, absolutely crank the accordion. Uh, so, yes, one mean accordion player. He's got one Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement. And, of course, who can forget one national title back in the year of our Lord 2000. And, as we sit at 67 right now, what is going to be number 68? One school coach for. That's right, Tom Izzo has coached for one school. We all know this. That is the fourth longest tenured guy in the country still actively coaching behind Jim Beheim, Greg Campy over at Oakland, and then Ron Cottrell at Houston Baptist. And let's not take this man for granted. I know we started this show naming off a bunch of stats of things that haven't gone right in the last few years. But how about all those stats right there? Let's not forget how fortunate we are to have Tom Izzo at the helm here. And I swear I'm not just buttering him up on his birthday, but also, yes, his time is maybe running out soon. It could be anywhere from two years to, okay, who are we kidding? It could be 22 years. This man has got the, the, the energy of a stallion when it comes to coaching basketball. But, hey, let's also look around the country of what happens when a storied basketball coach steps away. Nike tried to give John Shire as many All-Americans, as many four-stars and five-stars as they possibly could in his first year at Duke. Okay, he's, he's just trying to tread water and get a top-seven seed in March Madness right now. All right, Roy Williams steps away from North Carolina. Amazing, amazing first year. Amazing first year in the new regime, but uh-oh. We're also doing a lot of backpedaling right now as well, and then I Villanova... I, oh, oh, they are in the same boat as Michigan as just hoping that they can host an NIT game at this point. So, yeah, again, it has not been a great last few years, uh, but the recruiting is at a good spot and also everything before that. Let's not take it for granted. I, I know, I know it's a long time ago and you don't want to hear this right now, maybe coming off of a 16 point loss at Purdue, but it's probably going to be okay. All right, we'll see what happens this March. But next year, with all the guys coming back, with that recruiting class coming back, and also the 2024 recruiting class possibly getting started on a hot note. Yes, Tom Izzo, we're thankful you are here. Uh, no birthday gift for you, Tom. Sorry, other than the last eight minutes, which uh, I'm sure hopefully was the best eight minutes of your day. Probably not, but uh, hey, I'm 100% certain that he listened. And thank you for everyone else that listened this far. Uh, wow, you guys are incredibly bored over there if you've listened this far to this episode but no really on a serious note thank you so much for giving us a listen every single day here on the locked on podcast network we're going to be joined tomorrow by connor Muldowney of spartan shadows we're just going to riff it up 
Bebop around. Uh, it'll be a lot of topics hit tomorrow with him. And then on signing day, as well with Stephen Brooks, we're going to do a full recap show with him. And then working on a few guests for later in the week. But if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Again, thank you so much for giving us a listen. Your team every single day. Now let's go enjoy the rest of, rest of the week. Love you all. Go Green.